0: We're gonna start with Revelations chapter two. And and I, I just hope and pray tonight that something that's said tonight will just to you and just challenge your heart tonight. I want to encourage you guys every week to show up and be ready to take some notes because there could be some things said um, th- throughout the night that will speak to your heart and that you will want to write down and you'll want to remember because uh, God may speak something totally to your heart that be, could be totally life changing for you. And one thing that we talk about here is that note takers are history makers. history makers, and I really truly believe that. So if you got your Bible, We're looking at uh, the book of Revelations or Revelation 2, starting in verse 2. And we're going to read to verse 5. It says this. It says, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have preserved and have endured hardships for my name, and you have not grown weary. Yet, this is the important part, I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love that you had at first. Consider how far you've fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place following your retreat and and especially if if you've been a, a follower of Jesus for a long time how many of you guys have grown up in church like you've been around church like most of your life yeah a lot of us in this room have um, tonight uh, really this this message is is kind of directed at you which was is <laughs> the majority of our group um, and and it's I want to speak to you tonight on the idea and we're getting into February we're getting into uh, close to Valentine's Day and I want to talk to you tonight about your first love. So let's pray real fast. Jesus, uh, I-, I thank you for who you are God we, we feel you in this room. Um, would you speak to us tonight would you would you convict our hearts tonight? would you um, encourage us? Would you challenge us? God, I pray that as we end this night at the end, God, I pray that we would walk out of here as people who um, are closer to you. Um, We love you. And everyone said? Everyone said? Come on, everyone said? All right. See, I don't know if you guys know this or realize this, but there are two types of men in this world. Listen close. There are two types of men in this world. There are men who know how to do backflips. And there are men who do not know how to do backflips. Who in this room can do a (laughs) backflip? Serious? Anybody else? These two are the only two in this room who can do it Danny your hand' would you say your hand up Eric yeah. oh okay okay all right all right so there's two there are two kinds of men there are two kinds of men men who know how to do a backflip and men who do not know how to do a backflip here's the deal with me I used to be able to do a backflip I could at one time, at one time in my life. You guys, you guys, hey, listen, listen, listen. You guys may not know, you may not realize this. I may, I think I've told this before. I'm sure I've told this before. In college, I was asked, I went to a small college. I was asked to be a cheerleader. Because I could do a backflip. That's it. Like, I wasn't like, I couldn't do anything else. I could do a backflip and they were like, we want you to be a cheerleader. Well, I had, I had. Uh, there were girls I went to high school with who were now on like on this college cheer team. And they're like, we know you can do a backflip. We want dudes on our team. And, like, and I'm like, no. <laughs> Thinking back, I probably should have done that because um, there were girls on the team. So it was the only dude. But anyways, um, <laughs> I was asked to be a cheerleader because of my backflipping skills. Um, when I was in high school, I learned how to, to backflip. And you guys know how it goes. You know how backflippers are at every pool party, at every beach party, at every, at every wall you can jump off of, at every, every chance you can get, backflippers are backflipping. You know what I'm talking about. You know the backflippers. They're backflipping, like, and, and they're doing back off of a boat, like, in, into the pool. Like, backflippers are backflipping. And, and here's the deal. If you're a backflipper, backflips just happen, right? They just had, you're in a you're in a crowd in a party and like, Hey, backflip. And you're like, yeah, I'm like, okay. So, so you're the backflip guy. And so that's like your, your thing, you're the backflipper. So, um, I can't, I probably, I'm pretty sure I'm definitely sure that I can't do a backflip off of the ground anymore. Um, but you give me a diving board and I am backflipping into that pool. It's going to be awesome. So. Um, but here, here's what happens, you guys who don't backflip. You probably sit on the side of the pool wishing you could backflip, right? Right? Am I right? Josh? Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, and, and like, here's the deal non backflippers are probably angry at black backflipping guy. Jesus, forgive us tonight. Help us move forward. Thank you. Um, here's the deal. I was non-backflipping guy until I reached... I had this friend in high school. He taught me how to backflip. And, and and I was like a freshman, sophomore in high school. He taught me how to backflip. And, and I was at the pool hanging out with some friends. And all these guys were backflipping back <laughs> into the pool... And all the guys were backflipping into the pool. And all the girls were like, that is so cool. So I had to learn how to do a backflip. Like, I must backflip. Like, um, so I had this friend. Like He was like a monkey. He could do flips and acrobatic stuff. And so I got my friend. And I told him. I was like, hey, I want to do a backflip. And he was like, I can teach you how to backflip. No problem. Easy. I can teach you how to do this. You'll, you'll be doing it. And here's how it works. You've got to think it, you've got to say it, and then you have to commit to it. And that's what he, that's where his words of wisdom, he said, you got to think it, you got to visualize it, and then you got to say it, and then you have to commit to doing it. And I was like, are you Mr. Miyagi? Like, this is, cr- you're so wise. This is so good. So, uh, he, so he said, seriously, um, Think you can do a backflip. So I was like, so I envisioned it in my head and I was like, okay, I'm thinking of the backflip. I'm thinking of the backflip. So I thought about the backflip. And then he goes, here's what you do next. Now say you can do a backflip. And I was like, I can do a backflip. And then he said, now the biggest part is you've got to commit to doing it. And I was like, okay, here we go. And so I, 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 th- I, I thought I could do it. I was sitting there thinking, I was like, I can do this. I can do the backflip. And I envisioned myself doing the backflip. And, and, and I said, I can do the backflip. And I was talking to my talking it up. You know how you're talking up your, your big game. And I was talking up, talking up. I, I can do this backflip. And then you guys, I jumped up in the air. I threw my feet over my head like a like a Cirque du Soleil actor. I landed on my forehead and on my knees. So hard, it almost knocked me out. I was seeing stars, like for real. And my friend was like Probably shouldn't be doing this on the driveway. And <laughs> <was just> like, <laughs> I had scar on my forehead. Anyways, um, I was a like, great idea. So, like, I got cleaned up. I got shook off the stars, like shook off the dizziness. And we tried again in the grass this time. And, and so I did all the steps. I envisioned myself doing the backflip. I talked to myself. I said, I can do the backflip. And then I committed to doing the backflip. And I landed it. I landed it. I nailed it. And I nailed it. And we were like yelling and hugging and like dancing around. And like neighbors were like, these guys are weird. And we were like high-fiving. And then from then on, I would look for reasons to backflip. You know what I'm talking about. You're in the kids' play. Every opportunity, it's not even, doesn't even call for a backflip. And then here's, here's what's happening. Max is backflipping across the stage. I remember that. You were in kids' church, and, like, it was, like, just some random song. Christmas, Christmas. And, like, there goes Max across the stage. And, like, what? Is this necessary? But, yes, you were the backflipping guy, and I was, too. And now it's, like, uh, Gabe. Anyways, um like I would com- I would find opportunities to backflip and what what happens in life is a lot of people for a while they decide that life is going to be this way and they decide it's going to be just this way and it's going to be just perfect and there is no way that change can happen in our lives but tonight I want to tell you guys tonight that change can happen in an instant you can think change you can speak change and you can commit to change and you will find yourself doing things that you never thought possible. I think the challenge for a lot of us is that we live in a very naive world. We're naive about a lot of things. And naive simply means this, uh, uh, to, um, to lack information and experience in an area. See, at, at New Year's, we're only like four weeks into the New Year. Isn't that awesome? Okay. At New Year's, a lot of people will say this phrase. You may have said it yourself, but maybe you've heard other people say say this phrase. After at New Year's, we, a lot of people will say, New Year, New Me. We say, New Year, New Me, or, or after an event like Winter Retreat, or after an event like camp, or a missions trip, or a youth convention... We'll we'll have, uh, we'll say stuff like, I've changed and I'm not going back to my old life. I'm not going to do that old stuff anymore. That's not me anymore. And we'll, we'll, we'll say it. And, and the only way these experiences with God can bring a new you that you're talking about. It's not because of the event or the experience that you have. You have to choose to be different. You have to choose to be different. Yeah, I love camps. I love winter retreats. I love all of these events. And I love those spiritual moments where you can just so strongly feel the presence of God. And and But you have to choose to be different. You can't let that one experience just sustain you for the rest of your life. You have to choose to say, I'm not going to be the same. And it's got to be an everyday decision. You're going to have to think you're different. You're going to have to speak out that you're different. And then you have to commit to being different. But what happens is a lot of us is that we live life like we're, we're not here. We're not present. We're not here in the moment. Like I'm an in the moment kind of person. Um, our leaders know this and you guys probably know this. I'm not really good at planning really far ahead. I'm an in the moment. Like let's do this now. I want to do this now and and but we live life a lot of times in either in the past or we live it in the someday and and I, I wanted to do a backflip for years for years and I would I would say someday I'll do that like I was oh, I still would want to do this you see the guys who run off and like off of a tree and do the backflip you know what I'm talking about or kick off of a wall I, I still want to do that. But now I'm old and I can't do that. Um, but like I would see those backflipping guys and I would be like, someday, someday I'm going to do that. Someday I'm going to be a backflipper. And I know for you guys, you live in this world of, uh, of someday, someday one of these days when I get old enough or someday when I get out of school or someday when I get out of my parents' house. We say these things. We say these someday things. I'm going to live for God. Or I'm going to do this. Or when I get out of school, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do great things for, for God. But right now, I'm so bound by my age. I'm bound by school. I'm bound by living at home with my parents. Right right now, I've got a lot of life to live. But someday, I'm going to settle down and be completely committed to God. Someday, I'm going to tell my friends about Jesus. See, we seem to treat it like living for God is the thing that holds us back To having a full life. I'm going to say that again. We seem to treat that living for God is the thing that holds us back from living a full life. That's crazy talk. Someday. One of these days. I'm going to tell my friends about Jesus. Someday. And it's like your excuse is your relationship with Jesus. Let me remind you what the Lord says what the word says and because we we put our faith and our hope and our trust in jesus and we we say who we are and we say we're followers of jesus but jesus not only says you need to be followers and you need to be you need to put your life and your faith and your trust in me but then he says this he says faith without action is what it's what So in our Christian walk and who we are in Christ, we can have all the faith we want. That's great. That's fantastic. But if we don't put action to our faith and to who we are, the Bible says it's what? It's dead. Too many of us live life in someday and we're all we're doing is just wasting time. You have to decide when am I going to put action behind what God's told me to do? And don't use the excuse, I'm too young, I live in my parents' house, uh, I don't drive a car, I don't, whatever your excuse may be. Because if God's called you to do it right now, what are you waiting on? Put action to your faith. Um, uh, if you don't watch it, you'll, you'll get old like me. And you'll look back. I look back on my school years, my high school years and, and middle school and I, I think like oh, the good old days. Oh man, what I, what I would have done. When thinking back, oh man, I would have, I would have told everyone about Jesus. I would have done this. And, and listen, I'm gonna keep hammering this, this verse to you guys. And, and I think this is a key verse if you're a follower of Christ, anyways. But I'm gonna keep telling you guys this until we really, really realize this and really, really realize what it means. And it's John ten ten. It says, "I've come to give you, what." life and life to the fullest. He didn't say it, here, here, here's your life. Go. He's like, no, 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 I give you life. And not only just life, a full life, a good life. And I come to give you life to the. another verse. says it this way? Uh, life more abundantly. That sounds like a good life, doesn't it? That's a good life. And this life of Christ, this is living. That's living. He's coming to give us life, man. That's living. There's nothing better than that. There's nothing greater than the life that he's giving us. Like you hear people, you hear people that they'll share their testimonies and they'll get up and, and they're, they stand up in front of everyone. you're like, man, back in the day, like I was the man, I was the man. Like I went to the clubs, like all of them and like chicks too many to count. Uh, like drugs. Like I was a party animal. Life was crazy. And and then I met Jesus. And now I go to church and it's awesome. You know what I'm saying? I, like I can't decide which life was better for you. Which one you enjoyed more. Which one was better. Better. When you, when you talk about, you like, you're still living in the past, and it sounds like you aren't really wanting to give it up. A better testimony would be this. I was lost, but now I'm found. Like, I was dead, but I'm alive now. I was blind, but now I can see, and my life is changed, and I'll never be the same. See, the second part of your testimony is the exciting part. That's the exciting part. When, when Jesus came to your life and changed it and made it new and made it good, come on, somebody say amen. amen. Let's get good at celebrating what's going to happen. Let's get good at celebrating what God is going to do. As a follower of Jesus, I don't want to live my life just wishing for tomorrow. I don't want to live, I, I, we don't, I don't want to live to celebrate the past either. I love the past. I love some things that have happened in my past. Uh, But but we, we believe that through Jesus Christ, that right now, right here, this moment, change can happen. Change can happen. Right now, your faith can be activated and your tomorrow can be different because you make a decision to speak it and to commit to it. See, I don't want to live my life wishing for tomorrow, and I don't want to live my, my life talking about what happened yesterday or last week or last weekend or that one missions trip or that winter retreat or that one thing that happened in my life. I, I, and, and I love those things. I do love to talk about those things. But what we have is right now. What we have is this moment I want to be the kind of person that says God can show up, that God can move, and that God can meet us right here, and change can happen. I knew a guy, he would drive through go through drive-throughs like Arby's, and he'd go through and he'd talk to the person at the window and how are you doing today? Ah, this is pretty good. I'm you know what? I'm gonna pray for you. And they're like, Okay, thank you for that. I'm gonna do that right now. And like they grab him and they start just praying for him. They're like, ah, can I take your order? Like, you know, and you know right. Now, this moment, God can move. I want to be a person of right now. God can show up. He can move. He can meet us right where we are and change can happen. Do you believe it? Do do you believe it? Do you believe it? Okay. Let's not live life like away from the moment at hand. Today it starts. Today change can come about. The, the only way this year spiritually for you is going to be different is if you are different. You can't expect a, a winter retreat experience to sustain you spiritually long term. You can't expect that to happen long term. You've got to decide daily that you're going to change. That's why this this text thing, this daily devotions, is just an opportunity for you to get into the word daily and to grow daily. I I love this text in Revelations that we read tonight. And there's some deep stuff taking place here. And what's happening, I'm going to explain it a little bit to you deeper. Um, And this is part of of what we read. Uh, It's written to Ephesus And this group of people were known uh, at being able to distinguish between false teachers of the gospel and real teachers of the gospel. And so the Apostle Paul, like he visited this church many times. He loved this church. Um, But as we look at chapter 2, obviously something was wrong. So it starts out with him complimenting the church. And it says, you're doing all the right stuff. You're doing good things. You're not letting false teachers in your building. You're you're preserving. You hate the wrong stuff. You love the right stuff. Like he's, he's going through this list of compliments. But then in the middle of all these compliments, he says, but one thing I hold against you. You have forsaken your first love. You've forsaken your first love. He says, you've done all this good stuff. But you've gotten majorly off right now. You've forsaken your first love. What's their first love? What's what's our first love? Our first love is Jesus. He is our first love. 1 John 4, 19, it says, we love, why? Because he loved us first. Meaning God always comes first. We love Because he loved us first. The only reason we know how to love is because God first loved us. He's our first love. Not that boy in milk, do you like me, check yes or no? That's not your first love. That's like some weird kid who, who has hair in his armpits now. Like, you need to understand this because this order, it's really, really important. God First, everybody say first. God first loved you. He loved you before you loved yourself. He loved you before you loved him. He pursued you. He went after you. He came to you. He rescued you. He sought a relationship with you. He died for him for you. And he makes himself available for you. He pursued us. Our response is to simply love him back. Our response is to love him back. I want you to get this, and I want you to, to write this down. Um, it's going to be on the screen. It says this, everything we do as Christians is a response to what God has already done. So everything we do as Christians is a response to what God has already done. See, our, our life on this earth, it's one big response to him. It's one big response. Why do I show up to church? Not, not because I have to, but because it's a response to what he's already done. Why do I lift my hands in worship? It's not, I'm not doing that because I'm begging God to intervene. God has already intervened on my behalf. Why do I give in the offering? I, I'm not giving so my life will be more blessed than it already is. I'm giving because I understand that's just a small part of giving back to him. And why do I serve? Why do we forgive our enemies? Why do we? Because God, he's already pursued us and we are simply responding to him. See, this is what Paul was preaching about in, in Revelations. He wanted to make sure the order was right. And here at Emerge, I want to make sure that our order is correct. That we're doing the right things, that 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 we're we're saying the right things, that we're that our focus is Jesus. There's a lot of other things that we could do, a lot of fun events, and a lot of great things, and I'm not I'm not dissing events. I love to do events, but if our if it's if it's not Jesus, then I don't I don't really want to do it. I want to hang out with you guys. That's Jesus. That's family. That's unity. That's being together. But I, I want you to know this. I want you to write this down. Ephesians. Ephesians three sixteen. It says this. Um, I don't think I put it in the notes. No, okay. Uh, just write down Ephesians three sixteen, and I want you to. I'm going to read it to you, and I want you to write it. Uh, read it later. It says I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your innermost being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure to all the fullness of God. See, this church in Ephesians, it was consumed with understanding God's love for them. Not not. Not the other way around, not their love for God. See, the the Christian journey is first about Christ serving you and then you serving him. Some of us have it the other way around, like I've got to serve him and then he'll serve me. And then he'll do something awesome for me. And then he'll bless me. If I do this for him, he'll bless me. He first loved you. That's why we even know what love is. Paul was saying to, to this church, he's he's like, you've done great things. You're smart. You don't let any any you don't let any wrong teaching, any false teaching happen. Basically he's saying, You've gotten really good at doing church. You've gotten really good at doing church. You put on a good church service. That's awesome. But you've forgotten the thing that it's all about. You've forsaken your first love, Jesus. I want you to write this down. If you start getting full of God's love, you'll start being led by God's love. If you start getting full of God's love, then you'll be led by God's love. Every time we get together, we should should take significant time to profess not our love for God, but his love for us. See if we don't if you don't get the order right you're going to find yourself forsaking your first love. God loves you. He loves you. He loves you and his love for you is bigger and greater and wider and deeper than you could ever 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 imagine. <clears throat> I want to challenge you to to even just try your hardest to understand just to grasp how big God's love is for you. You'll never be able to do it. We can't really fully understand his love for us. It's bigger and better than you ever imagined. The Ephesians church, it's guilty of what you and I are guilty of so many times that we're so caught up in doing church or in doing life that we forget about our first love. The reason we're doing all this, and and it's all about Jesus. Jesus. When we forsake uh, Jesus, our, our, when we forget it, when when it's not all about Jesus, our, our winter retreat experience will wear off. Your camp experience will wear off. Your missions trip experience will wear off. And, and some of you are already like, oh, man, that, that was good. That was good. I wish we could go back and do it again. Don't be people of the past. I love what God did then. I love winter retreat. I love what God did, what he continues to do. But let's people that, that look at those experience and think, man, that was awesome. That was so good. I love Jesus so much, and I cannot wait to see what he does next. Our, our next Sunday, our next Emerge day can be even better than any winter retreat, any camp experience Don't live in the past. I can't stand just going through the motions. This whole our whole theme this year of this is living. You guys got the t shirts. A lot of you guys do. Um, It's all about being in the here and in the now and not forsaking Jesus. It's it's not looking back on past experiences. It's looking at right now. Let me ask you a question. Is the God who showed up at Winter Retreat any less powerful than the God right now? Let me ask that again. Is the God who showed up at Winter Retreat any less than the God right now in this room? No. See, I want to be a group full of students who never lose our zeal and our passion for our first love. Jesus. I want us to show up ready to party every single week. I can't wait for Wednesdays. I love Wednesdays in this room. I can't wait. Like, like here's the deal. Um, when when Chris and I fell in love, it was awesome. It was really good. There there were fireworks, and it was like, like you guys, you, you remember that first time? Like you held hands, like in your boyfriend girlfriend relationship. Um, you're, you're sitting next to each other, and like your hand, like typically you sit like with your hands wherever, and then like but your hands are on the seat. Next to you, and like your pinkies touch. (gasps) And then you kind of look and you're like, you don't look at each other, right? (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? It's weird and it's awkward, but it's awesome. And you're like, (gasps) and then all of a sudden like, Your hands get, like, over, like, closer, and then, like, they, and next thing you know, you're, like, interlocking fingers, and, like, you're full on holding hands, and it's beautiful. Like, this is, this is it. And, like, this is the moment. You're, like, hallelujah, hallelujah. Like, the angels are singing, but let me tell you guys this, finding love, finding love is the easy part. Staying in love is the hard part. It takes work. It's complicated. Chris and I have been married 14 years now, probably longer than a lot of some of you guys have been alive. And and I wanna I want you to catch this. I want you to know this. In your relationship with Jesus, falling in love with him is easy. Staying in love with him takes some work. Have you ever met someone who's a new Christian? Oh man, I just realized what time it was. You ever met someone who's a new Christian? They just accepted Christ and they're so pumped up and they're excited and they actually believe the whole Bible? Imagine that, and they come to you, i've I had a kid come to me, and they're like, "Can you pray for my shadow? I'm like, what and they're like they're like here here's what happened i 've got this kid at school, like he won't talk to me, he won't even notice me, he won't let me pray for him, but he's got cancer and and I was reading in Acts where this guy's shadow touched people, and they were healed. I want that, and i'm like but, but what happens?" Well that's what happens when we first get saved. We're excited. We start serving, we start giving, we start being here in regulars all the time. We start but then we start going through the motions and if we don't, we don't we're not careful, we're in the middle of the motions and it starts to get complicated. And as it gets complicated, we start to get complacent. And we get complacent and we forget about our first love. Have you lost your first love? Because this year, maybe it's going the exact same for you, and and if if it'll, it will go the exact same for you if you don't realize where your strength come where your strength comes from. Maybe you don't need self improvement. Maybe you need a savior. God is saying, consider how far you've fallen. Repent. Do the things you did at first when you were excited about God. Pray. Pray for your shadow. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's simple faith. I I want that. I want my shadow to fall on someone and they be healed. How cool would that be? You walk through a hospital. I've tried this before, but walk through a hospital and you're touching people. And you're like, be healed. You're like secretly whispering, in the name of Jesus, you're healed. And you're like, have that big faith. Maybe someone that you touch is going to hop up and they're like, hey. Come on, what's going on here? Like Jesus, man, as emerge merged grows, here's the deal. We have goals of, of for students coming to Christ. And if that's something, um, if that's happening, if students are coming to Christ and then we have to grow. Let's decide right now that we're going to keep the main thing, the main thing. Let's keep Jesus as our first love. This Christianity thing, it doesn't have to be complicated. Let's keep it simple. Jesus loves you. And that's the simple fact. Let, let that simple fact just overwhelm you. Let that change you. There's three things I want you to know before we go real fast. As we close tonight, uh, I want a few questions I want you to write down. I want you to ask yourself. I want you to know. The first one is this. Do I still have my first love? Do I still? I'm not talking about your girlfriend, your boyfriend. I'm talking about your relationship with Jesus. Do I still have? And that's pretty easy to find out. Let me ask you this. What do you talk about most? You see, the Bible says, out of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth is going to speak, it's going to say whatever your heart is full of. Jesus should be on your lips at all times. You'll talk about it if it's important to you. Don't lose your first love. The only way this year is going to be different is if you're different. Out of of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The second thing I want you to know is where do you spend your time? Ask yourself, where do you spend your time? Where you spend your time is is an indication of what you value and what you care about the most. Have you forsaken your first love? Is God even on your schedule? If he isn't, then you're too busy. We've got Wednesday nights, we've got Sundays, we've got events, we got Friday night girls event that you need to be here for, ladies. We got Pathfinders, we got mission strips, we got camps. How's your schedule looking? How's your morning looking? Are you did you sign up to get the text? I, that don't make you any more of a Christian, but it would be great for you to help to, do you serve? Do you volunteer? Do you sign up for these 20 days of daily devotion? Spend time, grow closer to Jesus. I know we got to go, but the third thing is this. And it's the last thing. Where do you spend your money? I want to tell you this. You're never forced to give here. You're never forced. We don't force you to give. But it's crazy to say you live for Jesus, but you never give. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Man, I got these new shoes, and I got a whole closet full of shoes. That's where I put my treasure. I love my shoes. I kind of do have new shoes. Don't stare. Um, But the word says where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. Have you lost your first love? Because this year will look a whole lot like last year if you have. Let's look at that that real fast again about what God says. It says, consider how far you've fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and I'll remove your lampstand from its place. Your lampstand is your life. It's your life. It's your light. It's your, light. It's your influence. It's the voice that God's giving you. And if we're going to grow, your focus. if your focus is to see your friends come to Jesus, then we can't risk letting our lampstand go out. Is anyone out there tonight, you want to be a light? You want to continue to be a light? Don't let your lampstand go out. Put Jesus first. Don't forsake your first love. Let's all stand. I want everybody to close your eyes. Close your eyes. Let's all stand. Um, Jesus, I love you so much. I thank you for who you are, God. I thank you, God, that... Not only we, but I myself will put you first. We'll, we'll, I will not forget. I will not not forget. I'll put you first. I'll continue. You will continue to be my first love. Kristen is great, but she makes a terrible God. You are my first love, God, and I commit to you every single day. God, I pray that every one of these students will make that same commitment tonight, that that you will continue to be our first, that we won't forsake that first love, that first relationship, that joy, that excitement when we found you and we committed our lives to you. That simple faith. Do not forsake your first love, Jesus. We love you. I I, I just pray that you would, um, man, even as we walk out of here, you would just help this to sink deep into our hearts. And if we're going to continue to change this year, if we're going to continue to, if we don't want this year to look just like last year, we won't forsake our first love. We put everything in your your hands, our faith, our hope, and our trust, and we love you you. Let our thoughts be on you. Let our actions be on you. When we give, let it be with you in mind. When we serve, let it be with you in mind. God, you, it's all about you. Let your words, your name always be on our lips. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.